all my, all my soldiers over there in Iraq. Everybody right here. What you need to do is be thankful for the life you got, you know what I'm saying? Stop looking at what you ain't got. Start being thankful for what you do got. Let's get it to him, baby girl. That's right, people. Live your life, boy. The world is opening up slowly. Hey, so yes, it is time. Oh, shit. Yes, been talking with some peoples and plans are in place. Whew. It has been a while, but yo, we've so much crazy shit going on, right? I every day, every week, I have to look through the news sections for shit to talk about, right? To ramble on, and it just amazes me, right? The the worthless, pointless shit that you know the these different outlets want to put on their front pages. You know, like on the BBC website, right? One of their story, one of their top stories: a nurse that treated the the PM for COVID has resigned. I'm like, nurses are resigning all the time. Who gives a fuck about this chick? You know what I mean? I do not care. It is ridiculous, right? One of the queens, I don't know, one of her grandchildren has you know she's gonna spit out some gems she's giving birth right to a kid i don't care why does anyone care right she isn't even in the direct line of ascension right probably a hundred people have to die before this wench hits the throne so no one cares right people spit out kids all the time right we then get another story demi lovata has come out as non-binary again who cares right all the shit around all of this shit right all the pronouns and you know the the different sexualities and everyone arguing like it wouldn't have any steam if stupid stories like this weren't there no one would even be thinking about it and wouldn't care what the fuck you are but every time someone's like <coughs> today I'm going to be, you know, they make it a huge story and it's just like, ugh, man, no one gives a damn, right? And then on ABC News, right, there's this piece about, um, teacher says she hugged school shooter after disarming her. I'm like, well, that's batshit crazy. What did you do? Whispering at your ear? Well done, you got those bastards. I don't, like, why is that there? Why is that there, people? We're trying to live our life like T.I. is telling us, and you're feeding us this bullshit. You know what I mean? I'm like, fuck. 
It, 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 it really does baffle me, you know. Actually, you know what? I'm feeling it. I'm leaving it. I'm leaving it. You know what I mean? Now, the one piece that is kind of like, okay, what's the, what's, what's the deal with this, right? Is the fact that, I don't know, they're, they're bringing in a anti-Asian hate crime act, right? In the States. And I'm a bit like, what are we doing? Right, so it's a it's a COVID-19 hate crime act as well, right? So it's Asian hate crime within COVID-19. So very shallow, right? A very shallow fucking act, right? And you do kind of scratch your head and you're like, I don't get it, right? Now, listen, it's not to, um, you know, denigrate everything that is going down, right, but, the the one thing about this is, right, you're, you're, you're making this small little act around this one thing that is happening, right, when hate crimes are happening all the time, so why not just do a universal, right, a universal act, that will address it at this point and then the next and the next and the next, right? So you have something in place that addresses certain bullshit, right? Rather than bring something to, to affect an individual thing, right? The other thing that I find a little dishonest is, you know, the, the, the kind of inclination that this is because Trump said the Chinese flu. I'm like, yo, even if he didn't say that, people would be doing this shit. And it's because, wait, firstly, the way the news is reported. Secondly, the fact that China, if they had been a little more honest and forthcoming, maybe things wouldn't have been as bad. Like, who have said the same? You know, who finally had a little bit of a backbone and said something? But that's the truth, right? We know that it was in China from, what, November, October, right? So if they had just said, hey, guys, we got a ting, you know what I mean? People would have closed off borders, it would have been isolated, and like, this this isn't the first of these things, it's just the one that went friggin' global. So, hey, you mean, that's why, but, yeah, do a universal act, man, stop playing games, it's moronic, It it is truly stupid, but fuck it, what do I know? The only thing I know, people, is T.I. telling me to live my motherfucking life and we're going to get this motherfucker popping, alright? So sit back and let's go!
Now, this seems absolutely crazy, but a guy in um, North Dakota, Fargo to be precise, which, um, you know, I always thought Fargo was just a quaint little town, but, yo, this guy, you know, he was in court on um, two charges, right, so, um, yeah, he he was getting charged with uh, reckless endangerment and assault for allegedly running someone over with a jeep. He is also facing a charge for terrorizing on accusations um, of brandishing a weapon, right? So he was in court for those. He had been um, acquitted on one of the charges and found guilty on the other one, right? So that was the case. So the jury had then left the building... And then all of a sudden, this guy slits his throat, right? He, he cuts his own throat. Now, they're saying with a plastic object, a sharp plastic object, but it's a bit like, how the fuck, right? How the fuck is this dude having a sharp plastic object? Does not make any sense And I, d- I wonder You know Because I think he'd been found guilty But hadn't You know You don't get charged at that point Right So I don't know if someone had told him You know Alright this charge probably carries this This charge probably carries that Right And He was just thinking to himself I can't Spend that amount of time You know, locked up But You kind of figure how, Why didn't he just do it before then? Because isn't right? They must have had documentation And everything that shows he did these things Right? So yeah, it's Oh man, it's crazy Crazy Because although the jury had left The judge was still there all the officials and staff, they were all there. So they all got a front seat for that. Oh, I mean, that's not pleasant. It's not pleasant at all, especially when you just didn't see it coming, right? All of a sudden, boom, this dude has done this thing. I mean, ugh, it's horrendous, man. Horrendous. So, um, yeah, they're now going to look into how this happened. And I'd like to know, right? It, this is baffling. It's straight up baffling how that shit could have happened. Man, crazy our shit, right? I always find it a kind of an odd thing, right? Because you see governments and, um, you know, the ruling class, and they try and make out that they're just like us, you know, they face the same challenges as we do, but then when the shit goes down, they don't want to face the same consequences, right, 
They don't want to get themselves in trouble. Case in point. Case in point is um oh god, how do you pronounce this? Um Yang Yuik. Right, she's the wife of um the Belgian ambassador to South Korea, Peter Lucius. So she she went shopping, right? Went shopping, was trying on all of these clothes, spent a little while up in the spot, um, you know, about an hour. And when she left, ain't the shop assistants were a bit like, oh, has she got our clothes? Right? Is she going off with our clothes? So they, you know, they stopped her. They asked her to come back in and check. So there's a video, right, of this discussion going on, right? And no one is doing anything crazy to, um, you know, to the woman, right? You can see the two people. Now, she pushes one, right, pushes one and gets behind the counter, and then they're talking, and unprovoked, now, unprovoked physically, right, because there's no audio to the video, so she could have said, you can't, <laughs> you know what I mean, just said something like, I hope your uterus drops out, you whistled bitch, you know what I mean, which would be like, yo, what the fuck did you just say to me, right? but we don't know, but physically, there was no antagonation. The, the the shop assistant doesn't come at her, doesn't come forward. She's just standing there, and this woman just slaps her, slaps her around her face. And you're like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> you know what I mean? What the fuck was that? So this all happened in April. Right, this incident happened on the 9th of April, but it's only just now come to light. Right? And um yeah, this this woman, the wife of the Belgian ambassador, she invoked diplomatic immunity to get out of trouble. Which I mean, let's be honest, that's a bitch ass move, right? That's some weak ass shit, man. Like, what are you? What are you doing? Diplomatic? Come on! Ah, oh, it, it's it's insane. It's insane. And what is funny, right now, the Belgian ambassador himself, you know, he, well, he apologized, right? He he's said he apologizes for um you know his wife's behavior you know says it is you know not on right <laughs> says it's not on and all of that but you've got to wonder right because if you really feel that way then what are you going to do about it right how are you going to make her face the consequences for that, 
right? He's calling it unacceptable, but, you know what I mean? But, right? And he issued the apology. She didn't issue the apology. He issued the apology. She didn't say shit. Didn't say shit. Now, the Belgian em- embassy is saying that she's currently in hospital due to a stroke. Which, listen, that may well be true. Or maybe, uh, say, a smoke stream. Because, look, we, we've seen this kind of shit before. You, you hire the person away so the smoke clears. You know? Create a story which creates a narrative, you know, because once she's out of hospital for smoke for the stroke, there's going to be the convalescing period, right? So it's not like anyone can come at her straight away. There's going to be a period, another period of time, and after that, then they could, but that's a long time. So it would be hoping that once all this period is gone. No one's going to remember this and it's going to be forgotten. But if you want people to trust you, trust the things that you do, then you can't do shit like this. And listen, it's not the ambassador. It's not him. He didn't do anything. But it's his wife, right? She's a representative of him, right? Because... Listen, you you want to think that the people that you're like married to, in relationships to, they're not assholes. Because if they're assholes and you're with them, it kind of brings you into question. Like, why the fuck is that person with such a cunt? You know? So, yeah. Like, something has to be done. Like, diplomatic immunity. I get it. Right, I, I get it as a concept Because, listen, it's something that's been around for a long time It's been around for ages It was properly kind of ratified by most, like most countries There's a few that are kind of like, nah But most countries abide by it And it was brought in by the Vienna Convention in 1961 But it was around long before that you know, people would send their ambassadors over to a country, even during a war, trying to sort things out. Now, most people were cool with it, right? Sometimes, sometimes the diplomat got killed, you know what I mean? But then, oh, it was, it was usually on, right? Then a war was going to happen. But for the most part, yeah, everyone always, you know, sticks to it. But, right, the problem with diplomatic immunity is, you know, technically someone can kill someone, right? Someone can kill someone and get away with it. Now, if a, you know, the country of that ambassador, diplomat, they waive the immunity... Then that person can be prosecuted But that doesn't always happen Like there's a lot of times when Yeah they're not going to waive it Because it's just like Yeah it doesn't look good 
for someone who is representing our country to be on trial in that other country. You know, and especially if it's a country where there's been some sticky moments. Right? They're both trying to fight for dominance. You know, it's not going to go down. So, you you have this weird concept that this person can do anything. They can speed, they can steal, they can kill. They have carte blanche. And that, you know, then falls onto their ha- their household. So, their kids, their wife... You know, and it's kind of bullshit. It's kind of bullshit. Now, as I said, look, I understand because if it isn't there, then you're going to get certain situations of a country might try and fuck with someone. Going, try and fuck with someone. It's a pressure move, a bully move, right? So there definitely needs to be certain things in place. But when it comes to something like this, nah, nah, it it shouldn't cover this, right? If someone, you know, attacks someone in a shop, you can't go, diplomatic immunity, diplomatic immunity. You know, it, it feels like that scene in The Office, right? When um, the American office, when Michael Scott, oh God, who was it? It's the... um. Fuck, it's a dude in it, Oscar, Oscar explains to Michael bankruptcy, right, and Michael still doesn't understand it, and then stands up and goes, I declare bankruptcy, and and it it doesn't work, like, you can't do that, and that seems what this fucking broad did, you know, she's like, I declare Diplomatic immunity. Someone should, uh, you know, slap her in the face, tell her to shut the fuck up, and she spends a week in jail. Or, you know, something. Like, something should happen. You feel me? Now, I'm not saying she needs to get killed or something, but, hey, a fine, right? A fine. She has to apologise to the woman And, yeah, I kind of feel Hey, put her in jail for a week You know what I mean? Because she's not going to enjoy that Which then might mean She tempers her motherfucking behaviour When she's out Right? She understands that Oh, I can't just do anything I've got to be respectful Like everyone else You know what I mean? I'd even say let that shop assistant slap her. Yeah. That's what I kind of feel should happen. But, unfortunately, people, I don't make the law, right? But, um, bet you wish I did, right? Ha <laughs> ha. There's been a lot around trans rights within sports recently. You know, there's, yeah, just been a lot of stories from around the world, people. You know, it's it's an issue all over, right? And I think we just need the governing bodies, even, to all come together and agree on this fucking issue that really, really, it's not, 
It's not that difficult, right? It's not that difficult to work out. Um, now, the, the most recent thing is the French Rugby Federation. You know, the RFF. They have um, agreed to uh, let a trans lady play in the French Domestic League. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it starts in the October, you know. Um, now, what has... The, the whole thing is, right... Um, they've agreed this transgender lady to, you know, she's transit. Well, they're saying, right, transgender women who are transitioning from male to female can play as long as they could certify that they have been on hormone treatment for at least 12 months and their testosterone levels were under 5 nanomoles per liter right so i mean the the current rule was right that you have to play under um well people who have already undergone a gender transition and changed their civil record may play in the league that matches the gender on that record right which Still, not great, right? Not great. Um, and a uh, Serge Simon, right? The FRR president. Uh, like what he came out with, he's he a little comment of his is just stupid. Right, they're just sound bites. This little fucking idiot's been putting out there. Like, rugby is an inclusive, sharing sport without distinction of sex, gender, origin, or religion. The FFR is against all forms of discrimination and works daily to ensure that everyone can exercise their free will in rugby without constraint. And I just like. That is the stupidest, weakest, non-committalist answer you can give. Like, because, listen, hey, we know for a fact, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of racism, you know, in the stands, in um, a lot of French sports. We know this, like there is in England, America, all over the fucking place. Right, so don't act like, oh, you're above all of this, or you're, and oh, our sport is, you know, a, you know, gender and sex doesn't get into it. If that was the case, you just have multi-gender teams, right? Listen, all, right, all these fucking idiots are trying to act like, you know, gender isn't an issue. If it isn't an issue, we would see multi-sex teams. There wouldn't be a men's football team and a women's football team. There would just be a football team. Right? And you try out, and if you can make it, you make it, and you play in the one team, and that's that. Alright? They don't do that. 
And there's a lot of reasons why they don't do that. Right? So I don't understand what a lot of this bullshit is because it's it's pretend. You know, it is very much so pretend. So listen, I understand. You know, we're trying to create a fair playing field for everyone. But that wouldn't be it, right? Having, um, yeah, people transitioning from male to female to playing female sports, there are issues within that, right? Listen, we want to create a fair society, yes. But here's the thing, men have larger larger lungs than women meaning they can you know run further because they've got more in you know more capacity so you could run faster you know maybe not for a, a you know not forever <laughs> you know but you could do the 100 meters quicker than a woman could do the 100 meters which i mean it's shown right that is Shown Usain Bolt runs faster than the women's record holder. You know, I mean, Usain Bolt isn't the champ, isn't the record holder anymore. I don't believe, right? I think someone broke that. I forget, but you know what I'm saying. You know, so that's the thing. It's lung capacity, right? Mo- bone density in men. It's it's you know more than it is in women. Right, which is a problem. It is a problem when it comes to contact sports. Right? So you've transitioned. Yeah. Awesome. You know? I, I hope that makes you happier. But you might be able to, you know, lose the penis, create a vagina, you know, get breast implants and all of that. But underneath the superficial, right, inside the organs, they're all the same. You know, your lungs, same size. Your bones, the same density. That doesn't change. So that's, that's a big thing. You know, so when it comes to rugby, where there is full contact tackling, Right? This ain't touch rugby. This is, I'm going to tackle you. I'm going to flatten you. We see, you know, in the men's game, right, two dudes tackle each other. One might walk away. The other's knocked out, you know, or broken something. We have seen crazy injuries. We've seen concussions, all of that jazz. In the women's game. You've seen the same, right? And that's, you know, two people of the same dimensions, right? Going at each other, and they can cause that. So what do you think happens when there is a significant imbalance? Now, right, in the men's game, in the female's game, you have some athletes who are just... 
whew, so much bigger than the others, right? They are specimens. I mean, look, it's not rugby because I don't know players like that, but if we just think about jiu-jitsu, Gabby Garcia, Gabby Garcia is a tank, she's far bigger than other <laughs> female jiu-jitsu practitioners, right, she is strong as hell, but she's female, you know, and there are those outliers, right, when you look at someone like, um, Francis Ngannou, Chase, <laughs> you know, John Jones, right, these, these motherfuckers are huge, the mountain from Game of Thrones, I understand he has an actual name, I can't remember what it is, but, you know, these guys, they're huge, huge, right, so yes, there are those outliers, but, on a, you know, just an average basis, the, you know, when you just have men competing against men, women competing against women, it's fair. And even the outliers, it's not ridiculous when you're doing it within a weight limit. You know, like John Jones, light heavyweight, against the light ev other light heavyweights, he was the best. But he, he wasn't... Like, you know, the others had a chance. It's just his skill set was so good, right? But that's something, look, you can practice, learn, get those skills up. And as time went on, we saw that the, the fights got closer. But John Jones was just John Jones, right? Now, if John Jones had been fighting let's say, welterweights, that's some crazy-ass shit, right? That's some shit that wouldn't be fair. And it, it, it's that differential that you're kind of getting if you're having, you know, men who have transitioned to women, you know, transgender ladies playing in female sports, Right, it, it just becomes an issue on that front. It's nothing against trying to hold someone back. Hearing isn't everyone deserves to be happy, everyone deserves to have fun, right? It's not about that. But the issue is it's the damage that could be caused. Right? It was when Fallon Fox was doing MMA and no one knew. These women are thinking they're fighting another woman, but you're fighting someone that has transitioned. Right? So, bone density, A, it's more, meaning they can do a lot more damage. A lot more damage. Muscles, bigger. Right? That, because that doesn't shrink. Lung capacity, more, meaning potentially could go longer. Right? All of that is dangerous. It's dangerous. Right? Now, you can look at, um, I believe it's New Zealand. Right? 
Um, so there's a weightlifter, Laurel Hubbard. And, you know, she's trying to compete in their weightlifting team if they can make it to the Olympics. And the, you know, governing body, you know, New Zealand Olympic Committee have said Hubbard can, you know, take a spot. If they get through, she can have a spot, right? Now, the problem is Hubbard, you know, transgender female so again it is it's having bigger muscles denser bones right and we've just seen a load of transgender females entering the world weight the weight lifting game and smashing like obliterating the records Right, obliterating them. Right, going to levels women to that point had never got to. And right, and the crazy thing is, a lot of times it was, you know, transgender women who, before you know the transition, weren't really doing anything in the male game. Right? When they were competing against guys, they weren't anything. They weren't anything. And I'm not saying that's the reason they transitioned. You know, you would like to think people were doing it for just the sole reason of happiness. Right? But, hey, people are scrupulous. Right? And we know that because people take drugs. People take drugs to win. So, you know, if you are prepared to put things in your body that could give you strokes, heart attacks, you know, like, take away your sex drive, you know, just do all manner of fuckeries to your body, I think it's safe to say people would go just all the way through. People would... Transition because you know you don't have to have bottom surgery, right? Remember that you don't have to do that. So, you know, to transition to get yourself into a position to go, I'm a world champion, you know. But it, it what we have seen in the weightlifting game is so crazy. The people that say, oh, there is no difference. I think this clearly shows there is a fucking difference. Right? So, if you use weightlifting as your barometer, which shows the, you know, the different levels between women and transgender women, right? Now... How do you think that will then translate to things like rugby? You know? I think it becomes a problem. Now, there are other people, right? So, look, there's the story of, um, you know, teenager Chris Wilker, I believe, um, is his name. Now, with this, this is a 
you know, Wilker is a transgender man, right? So it's the other way around. And Wilker, see, the, the confusing thing, I mean, when I first saw this article, um, it's, it's, I think it's ABC News, right? And it, it was talking, it was like, you know, Wilker loved to play football. And I'm like, oh, right, oh, yeah, soccer, okay. You know what I mean? But no, it's American football. Right, Ugh. it's so just like you can't have two things with the same fucking name, man. But anyway, with I think a little bit of a difference with Wilker is Wilker's been playing as a quarterback, right? And I think it's fair to say Wilker would probably never get to the NFL, right? And again, I say that because of you know muscles. Right, which means it's all about the arm with the quarterback. So it's the distance you can get. And if you're putting Wilker up against all those other people in the combine, right? Chances are Wilker ain't getting there. But that's the same for 99% of the other people trying. You know, ain't gonna get there. Ain't gonna get to the big time. But They've still been able to get enjoyment out of, you know, the participation. So, I kind of feel with Wilker slightly different in the guys that Wilker is now, you know, there's no advantages for Wilker, right? No advantages. And I think if Wilker was playing in another position, it could be a little bit of a problem because, again, it's taking a hit, right? If Wilco's a wide receiver, oh, my day. I mean, come on, man. We, hey, you watch any NFL game, right? And I say NFL because, you know, everyone can kind of watch those. College, it's a bit harder for people to watch college football, right? So I'm going to say NFL. But... You watch those games and their hits, the wide receivers, the tight ends, the running backs, all them other positions they take. It is, oh, we've seen people break bones, get concussions, all of it. I think, oh my days, I, I forget who it was. I think, believe it was a Detroit Lion and they took a hit and yeah, paralyzed, man. I think it was a Green Bay Packer player. Same happened to them. Look, we've seen that. So that would be an issue. But with Wilker playing as a quarterback and with all the rules have uh, as they are now, there is a um there is a sense that there is more protection and the likelihood of Wilker taking hits isn't as much. So I would kind of go okay on that. Okay. We can run that. If you're playing at quarterback, let's do it. Right? Or, you know, I don't know, man. Like, it's tricky, right? That That's the thing. But I'm what I kind of feel is where... Someone has a clear advantage. It's just fucked up. It's wrong. It's wrong. Because, you know, 
again, with weightlifting, when you see all those records broken, and broken to an extent that another woman is not likely to get to that point, not likely anytime soon, right, this is going to be a point with the evolution of humans that, you know, people are getting stronger, faster, all of that, but right now, no, because look at certain, there's some records in sports, and it's taken like 40, 50, 60 years for people to get to that level, right, we know that, so that's, that's the thing with all of this, it's, it's just not fair, right, you're, you're creating this false sense of inclusivity, when it's not, it is not, because you have these young girls growing up with the dream of, I want to be a world champion, I want to be this, and then that's taken away through something like this, now, listen, I understand, it's not fair, it's not fair for, you know, young kids who grew up and thought, actually, something's wrong, right, I'm in the wrong body, you know, and they transition, because they're young, they still got their whole lives ahead of them, these dreams, these aspirations, there's all of that, and a compromise, something needs to be come up with, I think that you could say, you know, include them in the, you know, men's game, right, because the bone density, all of that is there, so, Physically, there's not that much of a difference, right? There's not much of a difference. So they could technically still play in the men's games, in the men's leagues and all of that. And I think, I kind of feel right now, that's the safest compromise. You know, that's the safest compromise. Because what's happening ain't right, ain't right, it's fucked up, and it's putting people at risk, right, that's what I'm saying on it, people, now, you might have other takes, that's fine, that's allowed, these are just mine, well, talking, you know, keeping this whole sports thing going, well, kind of, anyway, there is a new game coming out, which is, um, Tying into Tokyo, kind of, right? It's called the Pegasus Dream Tour. Yeah, odd title, right? Odd title, and I it's probably gonna hurt them when it comes to people just searching for you know sports games, but it is what it is, and this is created by um, a guy that was the director of the Final Fantasy 9 game, right, he's got a new game studio, JP Games, and this is their first release, right, and um, the whole thing is, right, it's, uh, yeah, it's an avatar, um, Gosh, an Avatar uh, RPG game, 
right? Role-playing game, okay? Which takes players into a virtual Paralympic Games held in a fantasy and futuristic place known as Pegasus City. And I think there's this there's this whole excitement because it's the first ever game to be officially licensed by the Paralympics. And um yeah, they're like, oh, we're we're hoping it's gonna help and bring younger people into the sport and create an audience. And I'm a bit like, I don't know about that. Right? Because I don't know, right? I I think if it was more realistic, that would have been something. But it's not, right? Everyone is... Well, it's kind of made up in a manga-ish way. Now, it's not manga. Um, The graphics do kind of look a bit similar to a Final Fantasy, right? Um, but it, it means, like, big, funky hair, big sunglasses, and not kind of Ray-Ban sunglasses or those sports sunglasses, these are just weirder, you know, all the wheelchairs have, like, glowing lights all over them, you know, it, it's just created this, this thing that is a bit unattainable, right, it's just a little bit unattainable, you know, it's all, because, listen, the whole thing with Paralympics is, it's, it's not open to everyone, right, to be able to compete on that level, it's all about the equipment, right, Oscar um, Pretorius, yeah, he's a shithole, but he's like the, the best known person, you know, to kind of compete, right, to get the blade which he uses, he used anyway, they, they're not cheap, not anyone can just go to the store and buy those, right, they have to be custom made, they're, you know, it's the, the alloys that are used, you know, all to help him run as fast as he can, you know, but, Hey, remember, he was then beaten by the Brazilian, I believe it was, um, whose name I cannot remember. But it's all about the equipment and everything like that. So you had that, but then now couple on this, this game, right? And you've given everyone all of these funky, crazy looking things. So I don't think it's the best thing to come out the gate with. Right? Don't think it's the best thing to come out the gate with. And if you want to create something that is going to bring that audience, you know, I've kind of feel that the smarter thing would have been is to include it in the official fucking game. You know, there's the Olympics game Tokyo 2020. Right, it's the official game created by Sega. I think they've got the Olympic license because they seem to have made the last few of those games. Right, um, yeah, include it in there. I mean, you can, right? 
You know what I mean? It, it's a thing. Just create the Paralympics within the official Olympic game. Because the Paralympics is Olympics, right? It's the Olympic Paralympics. Or the Paralymp... You know what I mean, people. So, why isn't it just part of the official game? You know, it's what? I think it's two weeks after the Olympics has finished. You know? Because creating separation, it doesn't work. Right now, when you look at, like, sport, not as many people watch women's football. Not as many people watch the WNBA. You know, but if you had them on the same day, right, you bought your ticket, right, and you saw, I don't know, you may maybe the ladies game first and then then there's the men's game or the men's game and then afterwards will be the ladies game. However you want to do it, right? With the price you pay for that one ticket, you get to see two games. Now, at first, definitely, not everyone is going to arrive early or stay late, right? That's a thing. But over time... You're going to see more and people turn up early. Firstly, because you've paid the money, right? So it's within your ticket. So why wouldn't you? But you're going to hear people go, oh my gosh, last week's game was incredible. And be like, no, it wasn't. It was a draw. And be like, oh no, I'm talking about the girls game that was before. Oh shit. Man, one got a bicycle kick. Ah, it was incredible. It was great. And we're like, oh, what? Okay. All right. Shit. Huh. I never watched. I'm going to check. I'll check it out next week. Right? And you'll see that happen. And you don't have to travel to a different place. It's in the same ground. All of that. So you'll see people gravitate to it. But when you have to travel to a different arena to watch this thing on a different day, right? People are going to be like, why? Why would I do that? Right? And I understand the difficulties of including um, the Paralympics within the Olympics proper. Because with some of the sports, you have to make changes to the track. Well, I mean, what you could do, because remember, the the track and field element of the Olympics isn't all the way through, right? So you could have the, the Paralympic part, right, where you have to make alterations to the track and all of that, have those happen while... The other stuff is going on, right? And then the other sports, like the 100 metres and all of that, that no alterations have to be made. You can have those on the same day as the other track and field stuff's going on. Because, again, it would bring more eyes to that part of the sport. And, right, a few more people might be watching the Paralympics now, but... Hey, let's be real. It's nowhere near the amount that watch the Olympics proper. Nowhere near. Right? And it will never be. It will never be unless 
you bring people to that, right? And that would be a way of bringing people to that. Another way is, again, include the fucking game in the official game, you numb-nutted morons. Because what you're giving people with this Pegasus World Tour is a caricature, right? It's not real. And the weird thing is, right, they, they were saying that they were um, planning on doing it as the Paralympic Games, right? But the pandemic happened, and for some reason, they're like, um, yeah, they were going to change it. I'll I read the official what they said, right? It's the format of the Pegasus Dream Tour, which was originally planned to be a para-sport RPG, was switched to that of an avatar RPG in the wake of the global pandemic and the postponement of the Tokyo 2020 Games. Um, Tabata says, in a statement, this is because I felt that the Tokyo Paralympics, which would be held after the postponement, could allow humanity to overcome their divisions and help bring our spirits together, no matter what the outcome of the Tokyo 2020 Games is. It is my wish that people everywhere will come and receive the positive energy that is abundant inside Pegasus City. That says nothing, <laughs> right? The reason for it makes no sense. Right, I, it makes no sense. But fuck it, that's what they chose to do. And so, yeah, you've got a caricature. It's not going to attract people. Right, obviously, you're going to get some people playing it for sure. For sure. Right, but there's an, another release for the game which is a kind of laughable. It's like, ever fancied finding out what it's like to be an athlete? Well, never fear, because the organisers of this summer's Tokyo Paralympics have created a video game that takes you straight into the action. They're like, ugh, shut up. Like, if you've ever fancied, if, like, a more fitting thing would be, disabilities don't necessarily have to hold you back, as are the stars of Pegasus City can show you in the new Pegasus Dream Tour. Boom. Right? You're not pretending. You're saying this is a thing. Boom. But, yeah, it, it, it's... it's ugh. People, fuck it. That's all I'm saying. It's all I'm saying is infuriating. It's ridiculous. It's, you know, this fake fucking pretend bullshit. At least have everyone look real. At least do that. You know what I mean? Ugh. Now, while we're talking about the Olympics, something that is crazy is the fact that the Winter Olympics takes place in February next year. So, 4th of February 2022, right? Six months after the Summer Tokyo Olympics. Kind of baffling having these things so close to each other. I mean, 
Let's be honest, the only reason Tokyo is still going ahead is because of some weird little backhand deals with the IOC. Right, Tokyo don't want to lose all the materials and money they've spent out So instead of just going, alright, just put Tokyo back into the selection So they host the next Summer Olympics after the next group Right, because the, whoever the next city is, I cannot remember Right they would have already started to get underway with all of their infrastructure So to pull it from them would be a bit harsh So just give it to Tokyo deep after that one Right, because the other, the people who would have got it They wouldn't have started any of their work yet So that would be the more logical thing But no, Tokyo is still going ahead And Beijing where um, the Winter Olympics will be held Is, uh, yeah, happening in um, February Now, there's a lot around this, right? Because China are not in the good graces of many And this is for so many reasons I mean, the, um, the crimes against the Uyghur minority I'm not sure I pronounced that right But you know who I'm talking about Yeah I mean that's not good Right that's not good at all And uh, yeah I think the fact that China just cover it up Right Try and act like it didn't happen All these mass killings And all the other bullshit Right so um, Because of this Some people have been asking for boycotts Now <laughs> Nancy Pelosi I, I kind of feel she's lost her mind a little, right? Now, what she's been saying is um, To, oh gosh Have a diplomatic boycott Right? So instead of a full boycott Just a diplomatic one Right, she's like, we cannot proceed as if nothing is wrong about the Olympics going to China. Right? Um, and then she said, dum, 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 um, oh God, of a da, 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 da. man, I have all the information and I just lose it all. I'm a dumbass sometimes, people, but um, yeah, you should have worked that out. <laughs> um, yeah, no, she's saying Asking, calling for world leaders Should not attend the competition Because of a genocide That is ongoing while you're sitting there In your seats Honour your athletes at home Let's have a diplomatic boycott If in fact this Olympics Takes place Silence is Inexcusable But what makes no sense Right because it's still going ahead the, the games would still be going ahead So if you're mad at China If you don't agree with them holding something like the games Because of the atrocities that they are committing Then just, you know, not having diplomatics there doesn't matter because the games is still going So China is still making money off the TV rights And all of that 
right? All the different TV stations going to cover it. All, you know, all the different sponsorships and things like that, right? You can't do half measures. If you're going to boycott, boycott. Otherwise, just stop, right? Just stop with the bullshit, right? Oh, let's not just send a diplomat. Ah, shut up. Right? It means nothing. It means nothing. They don't give a fuck. Because they've still got the games, right? So, if you're trying to send a message, you have to pull the games. But, let's be honest. If you pull the games, then these aren't taking place. There's there's not going to be anyone that can pull that shit together in this amount of time. Now, or one thing that possibly you could do, right... Send it to uh, maybe Scandinavia, right? And you hold them over all the Scandinavian countries, right? Because, you know, it snows, it's all snow over there. So they're already kind of set up, right? And they do all of those winter sports because of the climate. Right, so they would already have these facilities and things like that, and by spreading it over all the different countries, it means no one has to, you know, handle this huge number of people, right? Just so many, right? I I think that would be something that might be able to pull off, but otherwise, yeah, it's not happening. But the chances the IOC Pulled the Winter Olympics from China is highly doubtful, right? They wouldn't stop the Olympics in Tokyo, so I don't imagine they pull the Olympics from China because let's face it, the IOC are a bunch of spineless cunts, right? I mean, that's the truth. So, uh, yeah, I imagine Beijing will go ahead. And the diplomats, if they go or stay at home, it means nothing. Okay, people, so, chin check this week. Oh, man, it's a fun one, right? We look at LFA 108, right? Which um, is Froomed v. Rodriguez. Then UFC on ESPN+. Plus. 46 Font v Garbrand Two jam-packed Fun, exciting cards So make sure you check that out But before you do Get back to this episode Alright So this week people I was thinking of what to check out And I remember seeing This um, animated thing Right, getting advertised on um, Insta, right, called Road to Rome. It looked interesting, you know, so um, I figured give it a shot, right? Now, yeah, I, I did thoroughly enjoy it, right? So the gist is this. Two ragtag monster trappers, Cornelius and Professor Centaur, 
collide with bloodthirsty creatures, ferocious barbarians and scheming nobles when they are tasked with procuring the world's most dangerous mythical beasts to fight in Rome's gladiator games. Surviving the perilous trapping missions is only half the battle. Enduring the chaos of everyday life in Rome is the other. From grain shortages and lethal plagues to cyclops uprisings and foreign invaders, the ancient city is always a hotbed of madness. Luckily for the duo, they don't have to navigate the bedlam alone. They're supported by their friend Cupid, Baby Brian, a mischievous misfit who often creates as many problems as he solves, and by their boss, Emperor Helena, the most powerful mortal in the Republic, who relies on Cornelius and Professor Centaur to fuel her monster trapping business. Despite their day jobs, capturing monsters aren't Cornelius and Professor Centaur's only objectives. Cornelius is on a mission to win the heart of Mira, a local theatre girl who's fallen who's fallen for, and Professor Centaur is hell-bent on redeeming himself in the homeland of Sardinia, from which he was exiled for 115 years, guilty of an experiment gone tragically wrong. Between the deadly monsters they battle on their adventures and the constant threat of being swallowed whole by the Pandarumian of Rome, what could go wrong? Aha! There you have it, people. So, yes, I mean, it, it's um, a lot of fun. So, it's created by... Um, Joe Powell and Ryko Newton Block. The animation is from Benjamin Leffler. Sound is from Tom Schlack. And you've got a voice cast of um, Newton Block, Powell, Sam Schoen, Anna Chloe Mori, Emily Jackson, Everest Akayubi. Tata Cherise and Kevin Liberty. Right, so I really enjoyed this, right? Now we start off um with a you know a part of a mission to trap a monster. And it's not going very well, right? So we, we have all of that just very quickly. And then it jumps two weeks later, two weeks earlier. And so we get the build up to what happened and led us to that point. And straight away, you get the tone of this, right? Because Cornelius, he, um, well, we see a harpy, right? She's flying to the roof to visit her children, her ex. And, um... Yeah, <laughs> the way all of that is dealt with, you know what I mean? It's um a little hold, but fun, right? It's what you want to see. Now, 
I think if you like stuff like um, Rick and Morty, you know what I mean? Then I think you're going to enjoy this. It does remind me a little bit of a UK show called Plebs, which I don't know if it's made it across the pond. But if not, people, you definitely should try and check it out. It is hilarious, right? And this is kind of the same vein, right? We've got these goofy characters trying to do shit. And, you know, stuff, stuff works, some stuff goes wrong, right? But they're inhabiting this, you know, depiction of ancient Rome. But we've got centaurs, we've got cupids, you know, medusas and all other, you know, inhabitants. You know, selling snake oil and rhino horn, you know, which, um, hey... If you're having problems in the bedroom, rhino horn, well, that's what they say, you know what I mean? It helps you out, people. Just just passing that on, you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, yo, the animation, it's, um, I mean, it, it's not crazy elaborate or anything like that, but the simplicity of it, I think it works to bring this alive. And it's kind of reminiscent of you know, some of those adult swim shows, you know what I mean, like Aqua, Aqua Teeny Mutiny Thing Thing, right, it kind of reminds you of that kind of stuff, and, um, is it Adventure Time, Adventure Land, isn't that, that weird adventure one, and Duncan Trussell's great Netflix show, you know what I mean? Like, those kind of things, that they come to mind, right? It has that sort of style, right? So, it give, it has this charm to it, you know what I mean? It has this nice little charm, and we get to, you know, follow these characters. The first episode, which is their pilot, it's um just under 40 minutes, right? So, we... You know, with all of this, we do get this full story. And although, you know, it, it's covering a lot, right? You do kind of get a feel for most of your main characters, you know? And I think that's great, right? So we understand that Cornelius is a dope. He's a dope, right? He He's lovable, he's caring. He's helpful. He's a dope. But, A, he's not a complete pushover, especially when it comes to monsters, you know what I mean? So you have that. The Professor Centaur, he knows his business, but he, he would rather have someone else, you know, do a lot of the, the main shit. Though, you know, as, as we see, you know what I mean? He's not completely heartless, right? So, yeah, uh, these these two make great, you know, leading characters who we get to follow around and see what happens, you know. And as um, you know, our creators, they're stand-up comedians, right? So you know, I mean, you get some of that humor. And um, stuff thrown in like the the improv scene in the theatre. Ugh, yes, and 
so infuriating. But yeah, that's all there, people. So I think there's something for everyone. It's going to make you chuckle, right? You know I mean? I definitely laughed, right? I enjoyed it. I, I recommend you go check it out. I think the thing that will get you the most is you get to the end and you are irritated that there's not a second episode yet. It's not a second episode. Now, on the website, it says that it, it should be out in the summer, right? Um, I think they're aiming for seven more episodes, about 15 minutes a piece. So, uh, yeah, hopefully they can get that sorted out soon because I do want more of this shit. I enjoyed it. They've given us a taste, and now they've got to come through. Because if not, I'm going to track them down. I'm going to track them down and put them in the arena. I mean, that's the best thing to do, people. But, yes, go check it out. It is hilarious. It is fun. And I think it's going to be your new favorite adult animated show. So, yes, go give it a go. It's Roads to Rome. Okay, so this week, it's back to the world of the grey man. As um, I checked out Gun Metal Grey by Mark Greeny. Greeny? I never really know how to pronounce that name. Yeah, I want to say um, Greeny, but I might be wrong. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But, yes. You know, this is, oh gosh, I think book six. Yeah, book six in the series. And um, a lot, yeah, definitely a lot is going down this time out, which uh, always fun, right? Always fun. So, yeah, we, um, we're following Court Gentry's Adventures. And what I do like is that it clearly picks up pretty soon after the events of Backblast, you know, so uh, that's good. So, after five years on the run, Court Gentry is back on the inside at the CIA, but his first mission makes him wish he had stayed on the outs when a pair of Chinese agents tried to take him down in Hong Kong. Normally, the Chinese prefer to stay eyes only on foreign agents. So why are they on such high alert? Court's high-stakes hunt for answers takes him across Southeast Asia and leads to his old friend Donald Fitzroy, who is being held hostage by Chinese by the Chinese. Fitzroy was contracted to find Fang Young a former member of an ultra-secret computer warfare unit responsible for testing China's own security systems. as And it seems Fan may have been too good at his job because China wants him dead. 
The first two kill teams Fitzroy sent to find Fan have disappeared, and the Chinese have decided to supervise the next operation. What they don't know is that Gentry's mission is to find Fan first and get whatever intel he has to the US. After that, all he has to do is get out alive. <laughs> People. So, um, yeah, we start off with um, Gentry landing in China. Well, we start off with the actual Chinese operatives, right? So, this book does, you know, it, we kind of follow a few different people here. So, yeah, these operatives, you know, they're looking. And, um, you know, we, we're wondering, okay, so I wonder how they play into this film, the, the book even, right? And um, then we realise, oh, it's Gentry on the plane that they're looking at. Hmm, that might not go too well for them. But, yeah, the mission is changing all the time. Because first, it's just to follow him, right? And then they have to get intel from him. But! One of them is a little bit too hungry for the violence, right? So it all goes insane, all goes insane. And Gentry is just wondering what the hell is going on. Now, what I really did enjoy with this is, because when I first started these books, I came in at book number eight. So... A lot of things were in play. And, uh, you know, it's nice when you can kind of see how, you know, those things started off. Right? So this book does introduce us to, um, yeah, someone that plays a big part in book eight, Zoya Zakharov, you know, a F Russian intelligence officer. Right, so we meet her and that team who are also looking for um, Fang Zhang. Right, so uh, yeah, it's all of these different components of the story. You know, Gentry's trying to find Fang, right, leads him to a few different places. He then's looking for Fitzroy, right, he's getting led around because Susan Brewer. Right, and again, you you kind you know because we first meet Brewer, and she's um she's managed to weasel herself into a better job, right? But yeah, you always wonder about her. So yeah, we finally see her, and you know now she's the handler of Gentry, right? So you kind of see how that's all playing out, right? So you've got her. And I think it's just the way the intel is coming to Gentry ain't feeling, right? So you've got that, Hunt for Fitzroy. Then you've got the Russians who are looking for Fang, right? So we've, we're following Zoya because she's having a difficult time working with this Russian unit who she wasn't able to pick herself, right? So we've got all of these different... Elements, and then there's all these other gangs looking for Fang. So it is, yeah, it's a little crazy. It is a little crazy, and that is fun.
right, I, I enjoyed the way everything was moving, right, it was moving at a good pace, which is always a good thing, and you're able to, I think, see more of the spycraft and the espionage and all of that in this one, right, because, yeah, everyone's got their own little tricks, own little tricks and ways to do things, now, obviously, there's gonna be stuff that you do kind of be like, wait, hold on a second, that's a little convenient, isn't it, like, uh, you know, beating up a security guard in the toilets, and that, you know, getting in through a gated off area, no one seeing you, like, stuff like that, you're like, yeah, it's a bit, like, no one, no one, and then you've got, um, you know, people putting on accents, but then, oh, this one person saw through the accent, and you're like, ah, I mean, man, really, really, but, hey, it is a, uh, it's a made-up story, (laughs) so it's always trying to remember all of these things, like, okay, alright, we'll let that go, we'll let that slide, but yeah, no, we're, we're getting to see all of these things play out, right, and things fall apart, right, because on a mission like this, it does seem that a lot could go wrong, when you're dependent on other people and information getting leaked and all of this kind of stuff. So, you know, that's kind of, uh, yeah, it's kind of fun just watching all of this fallout and wondering, all right, how the fuck is Gentry going to get from that spot to that spot? Or how can he now turn this bit around, right? So all of that, it was it was fun to see how greenery like managed to do it and uh, do it in a way that was somewhat believable right because yeah sometimes you watch this well read this stuff right and there's a lot of deuce macking of shit going down right just at the last minute this happened, and the bullet, for some reason, you know, it's just like, oh, no, like, maybe you can have one of those in a story, but to have so many, it's infuriating, drives you insane, but this, you know, now, there are definitely bits where you're like, oh, I mean, come on, what's, what's the likelihood of surviving a um a rockfall or something like that, right? Now, listen, people have done it, but those that constantly do those things, right? So if you've done them, yes, you you're you know, you should be at a certain level, but if you're not practicing all the time, what's the chances, right? So there are a few little bits and bobs here that you do kind of be like, oh, really? Really, Greenery? Is that what you're trying to tell us? But as I said, look, it might have been one of my favorite of the series so far, right? Just because the way everything connects, right? It works. The story does actually 
flow and you know the, the narrative that we're following you know you're like all right i can ride with this you know gentry he's got that moral compass you know he the, the way he does things which a little like you do wonder about it at times right but it does when you're not deviating from that right and it's been this way from the giddy up right you can see how then him doing a certain thing would lead to this thing right which would then lead to this thing so it that all works right now you've got all these other people involved these gangsters involved and all of that yeah it, it makes for a fun story fun story throwing the mafia <laughs> and um the tigers i think it was you know it's uh yeah you just you you have the ability to then amp up that crazy you know and uh it it all worked you know plus the interplay right between um brewer and um shit Ah oh, man, for the oh, I can't think of the other name of the dude running the agency now over in the US, but that dude, right? So um, I think it was Mark something, right? But anyway, you you get all of that, right? So there is a lot actually happening, and um, Greenwood does do a decent job at. Controlling it, making sure it doesn't get too out of hand, right? And everything is is somewhat believable within the confines of the story. So uh, yeah, got it, enjoyed it, and the, even the way it ended, right? Because you're just like, yeah, that does that does actually seem <laughs> what they would do, right? Obviously, they like that couldn't go to that, and this would have to. Hmm. Yes, I I buy that, right? I I buy that more than, you know. So yeah, I was like, all right, cool, 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 and obviously Jay Schneider does a very good job with the narration. You know, he, he, yeah, he definitely helps bring life into court. You kind of feel, alright, we, we, yeah, we, we know court now, right? So, uh, yeah, as I said, look, I think this might be my favourite of the series so far, you know, definitely enjoyable. Um, Matthew Handley, that's the name, the director, right, of the um, agency. Yes, the way him and Brewer, you know, that whole situation playing, we get to see play out. Well, not to its fruition or anything like that, but it's just, you know, the way it's all working and all of that. So, yeah, no, a enjoyable entry. And, um, yeah, I'm still down with it, which is always good. Because we get, you know, oftentimes, you, you know, you get to this point and it's like, ugh, can't do it anymore, man. Can't do it anymore. So the fact that, we're at book six and we're yeah good to get into seven. Yeah. That's uh that's good, right? I mean that speaks volumes. So if you've been enjoying the um the other books in the series, 
then yeah, you're gonna enjoy gunmetal grey for sure. You know, I definitely um see that. Which then means at some point I will be checking out Agents in Place Book Seven. So yeah, I don't know. We'll fit that in somewhere down the line in the next month or so. But uh, yeah, people, uh, there you go. If you yeah, if you've enjoyed the others, then Gun Middle Grey will be something you want to pick up. And um, obviously, do it on Audible, but you get Jay Snyder doing his thing and bringing all those characters to life. Okay, people, so we are reaching that point again. But before we bounce, let's take a look and see what TV news is out there. Okay, so um, Hulu have got a a new show hitting in August, right? The 31st to be precise. And it's called Only Murderers in the Building, right? Um... It follows an unlikely trio who band together to solve the mystery surrounding a murder case within their Upper West Side apartment building. And it will be starring Steve Martin, Martin Short and Salina Gomez. Okay. Um, Also... um, the 4th of June is when the second and last season of Feel Good will be hitting Netflix. That is the May Martin show, right? Um, ah, this is great news. Oh, well, actually, we'll save that one. But now this is interesting right because um hey remember when they did the film of audrey niffen 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 eggers um time traveler's wife that was i mean they tried didn't they it wasn't the best though right they missed a load of shit out which well, though, look, we understand, right? The, the film is never going to be a complete adaptation of a book. But there was some stuff they left out that kind of you felt, well, that explains the story. <laughs> but, hey, it's been a while, but that book is being revisited, this time by HBO. And, um... Hey, it, it sounds like it is in safe hands as Steve Moffat is going to be writing um, and producing the series. David Nutter is um, executive producer and he's going to be directing it. Um, it will be starring Rose Leslie, Theo James, Desmond Borges. And Natasha Lopez. Okay, so yes, that's good. Um, yes, and on the 11th of June, people, mark it down because that is when 
season two of Betty Hits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I love Betty was great, right? That first season, I really enjoyed it. It was odd. The characters are a little weird. You know what I mean? Especially the one just cycling around with the pasties. But, hey, it felt... I don't know, there was an honesty about it, man. So, I liked it. And I like... I don't know, I like skateboarding shows. Right? I mean... I guess it's because I'm so bad at it. <laughs> I get to live life through. <laughs> but yeah, that's gonna be hitting on um, the 11th. So I'm hoping it's gonna be hitting the UK soon after that. Now, um, HBO have got a couple of DC projects on the bubble, right? So the first being Batman the Caped Crusader. So um yeah the the HBO teamed up with Cartoon Network and um yeah they're putting this together which is you know through the creative minds of JJ Abrams Matt Reeves and Hey, Bruce Timms, people. So, with Timsy involved, you know what I mean? The mastermind behind the animated series from the 90s. I think it, it, it lends a um, legitimacy to the project, you know? Um, it's surprising Abrahams is able to work on this, right? Because usually when people are wrapped up in controversy... All their gigs disappear, right? And they can't work until it's all died off. But hey, Abraham seems to hey, he seems to be a little Teflon right now. Hmm. But yes, this is is getting put together, and it's said to be following a more classic feel with an older Batman rather than trying to teen him up. Right, so they put out a joint statement saying the series will be thrilling, cinematic, and executive evocative of Batman's noir roots while diving deeper into the psychology of those iconic characters. Dum dum dum. So, yeah, people, you have a lot to um, look forward to. Um, now. The other uh, DC uh, situation that will be going down is um, My Adventures with Superman, right? Again, HBO Max and Cartoon Network, right? So um, it's got a two-season pickup straight out the gate, which um, seems interesting, right? It follows Clark Kent. Lois Lane and um, her best friend Jimmy Olsen in um, their early in their careers right Um, all are 20 somethings that begin to discover who they are and everything they can accomplish together as an executive reporting team at the Daily Planet so, um, 
Clark builds his secret Superman identity and embraces his role as the hero of Metropolis. Lois now growing into a star investigated journalist takes aspiring photographer Jimmy under her wing. At the same time, Clark and Lois are falling in love, sharing adventures, taking down bad guys, stumbling over secrets, and discovering what it means to be Superman and Lois Lane. So yes, Sam Register is going to be the executive producer. Um, we've got Jack Wyatt and Brendan Cloger as um oh gosh what are they my screen has just gone weird on me um co-executive producers along with josie campbell right um now we're gonna have um oh my gosh Ugh. alice lee is voicing lois lane and Jack Quaid is going to be voicing um, Clark Kent Superman. So, uh, yes. That could be... I don't know. I'm not that interested in Superman, to be honest with you, people. Now, this um, I'm interested in. Right? So, uh, yeah. At the moment, they are filming season three of um, Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan over on Amazon Prime, right? Um, and there's been a slight change to a character. So um, Marina Jean Baptiste, right? Who um, appeared towards the end of the second season, I think, as Chief of Station. Um, she will be replaced by Betty Gabriel. Um, yeah, it seems there was a, you know, disagreement in artistic direction and all of that shenanigans. Now, what is interesting, really, right, the third season, it, um, you know, follows uh, Jack Ryan, on the run after he's wrongly implicated in a larger conspiracy, suddenly finds himself a fugitive out in the cold. Now wanted by both CIA and an international rogue faction that he has uncovered. He is forced to go underground, circumventing Europe, all right? Which um, I mean that's that's a that's a lot. <laughs> I mean, there's definitely a lot to have to do. But yeah, he's circumventing Europe, trying to stay alive and prevent a massive global conflict. Because if there's not a massive global conflict, what's the point? <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. That will be, I mean, I enjoyed the first two. They weren't bad, right? So, um, I mean, this is interesting, right? So, over at Adult Swim, they've got some hit shows, right? Um, and they have decided to do spin-offs of those shows, but in a short-form digital format, 
right? So, um, they're taking minor characters from Rick and Morty, Robot Chicken, Aqua Teen Hunger Force, and Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell, right? Each of these mini spin-offs is set to coexist of, um, eight to ten episodes, all of which will be available across global digital platforms. So, I'm going to start with the last. Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell, the animated series. The fifth season of this series will now be in the form of these animated internet shorts as Cruel Boss Satan, Bumbling Demon Gary and all your favourites return in America's beloved workplace comedy set in hell. Right then, um, Aqua Dunk side pieces. The long-awaited continuation of Aqua Teen Hunger Force. His offers have this. His offers fans a look at what happens in the later lives of various side characters and villains such as Moonities, the. Plunitanians, MCP Pants, The Frat Aliens, Happy Time Harry, Hand Banana, and The Cybernetic Ghost of Christmas Past. Okay. Um, Alabama Jackson, The Stop Motion Robot Chicken, one sees Donald Fabian playing the role of Alabama Jackson, a smooth-talking type traveller who lands in exactly the wrong place at the wrong time, every time. And then we have The Vindicators. The Rick and Morty one sees the return of The Vindicators. Five superheroes, Supernova, Vance Maximoff, Alan Rails, Croc, Bot and Noob Noob who fight crime and avert genocides. They were introduced in a third season episode in which Rick drunkenly sets up a sore-like scenario for them to navigate. So yeah, I enjoyed that episode, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, and, alright, so... You know, Godzilla has just fought Kong And now, on the 24th of June Godzilla Singular Point will be hitting Netflix Right, so it's um, from Atushi Takasaki Right, um, it's an animated anime series and um, it's blending hand-drawn and computer animation. The story, story follows an engineer and a grad student who are led into a battle that puts the whole world at risk. Bum, bum, bum. And we will end with this. Okay, so, um, you know, Netflix, they've got Wednesday, right? That is coming. Which is a reimagining of um, the Adams family, as it were, right? And uh, you know, Jenna Ortega has just signed on to be playing Wednesday Adams, 
Right, so um, Tim Burton is directing with Al Goff serving as the showrunner along with Miles Miller. And it charts Wednesday Adams' years as a student at Nevermore Academy. She attempts to master her emerging psychic ability, fought a monstrous local town killing spree, and solve a supernatural mystery that embroiled her parents 25 years ago, all while navigating her new and very tangled relationships at Nevermore. So, um, yes, people, that is it. Hope you um, enjoy the rest of your week. Now, remember, so tomorrow there's a special chin check dropping, an Invicta special, as well as a two part, that's right, a two part echo chamber that you do not want to miss. So, people, check all of that out. Another chin check hits on Friday. And then we will be back next week. So, people, have fun. And until then, do what uh, Rahana has said, yeah?